Mandela History Podcast listeners. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Joe Sebastiani and David Pragoff from Delaware Nature Society about their involvement with Cooch Day at Mills. I kind of wanted to start with how you got involved with Cooch Day at Mills and what influence it has to you personally. Yeah, well, Cooch Day at Mill is a historic property down south of Newark, and um, we several years ago worked with the Division of Historical and Cultural Affairs mainly to do education programs at the site and do a little bit of land management on the property. Um, But we entered into a contract with the division to carry out a certain number of programs and events every year. So this went on for several years. Uh, We mainly did programs in association with the mill, connecting them with state science standards for for school children, as well as some history standards. Um, And the programs we did there were a combination of indoor programming about the mill and about the historical use of it, as well as going outside and doing environmental education programs. And so we we had a lot of school groups go through there, as well as uh, some summer camps on that location. We did some programs for groups as well. So small groups like uh, like a, if a group of scouts or something wanted to go there, we, we would accommodate that. And we did do some events on the property, um, like a summer or a spring event where the public could just come out and take a tour, go out on the grounds. Um, my involvement mostly was interpreting the environmental aspects of the site, which, which were neat along the Christina River. And was that like just school groups or did you ever get camps? Or, like, we did our own camps there. We would do a few summer camps every year and I would also take adult groups down there, mostly for birding, to look for birds on the site. Um, and we would, we would get permission to walk north of the site onto a different property and walk way up the Christina River to the dam that is very close to Route 95. Kind of, it's almost under Route 95 at this point as you walk like towards Newark, which was, that, that was pretty neat. And it's a neat uh, riparian forest, forest right along the creek as it goes northward. And then further south, it goes through some other larger forests in that sort of um, bear, I guess it's a bear area down that way. Is it a good birding site, like, comparatively? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, and Iron Hill is really close to there, too, which is a Piedmont outlier hill. It's kind of like a single hill stuck out in the flat coastal plain south of Newark. And so, and it's all wooded. So between that and the riparian corridor of trees along the Christina River and then some other nearby semi-large forest patches that remain, um, it's a pretty good spot for, for birds as a migration stopover site, as well as breeding birds that require forest, sort of like humid forest interior and streamside edge forest. Yeah. And some of the largest river birch trees I've ever seen are there. Uh, almost unrecognizable as river birch. They're enormous. I usually see them as kind of skinny little trees along, along rivers and swamps, but the ones there are huge, you know, a couple feet in diameter or more. Are there other places in Delaware you can see them just there? Uh, yeah, it's mostly a coastal plain tree along swamps and streams. Mm-hmm. So like south of 
say, Kirkwood Highway is kind of like the loose boundary between the coastal plain, the flat part of Delaware, and the Piedmont, the northern rolling hills part of Delaware. So like south of Kirkwood Highway, river birch is fairly common in wet, uh, wet forests. But in the Piedmont, it's not common at all. And since Kuchitat Mills is on the coastal plain, um, you know, it did have some nice streamside river birch. That's the, one, of the, one of the features I remember that I was always impressed with. Personally, I love the property just because of the cool old mill, uh, the fact that it was right next to a Revolutionary War uh, battlefield site. Is that and, Kuch's Bridge? Yes. And uh, the land there was really interesting to me as well because the Christina River flows through the back portion of it. And um, it's on the coastal plain, so um, kind of flat, and it had some really amazing large trees along the creek. It did have some wetlands that, you know, a beaver had set up shop at one point and, like, expanded the wetlands. And there was an old mill race. Uh, So it was really interesting, environmentally speaking, in addition to it being just a really amazing historical site. And we kind of capitalized on both of those properties to create our programs. And I really enjoyed going down there. Uh, we did some, some nighttime programs there, which was fun. And um, I certainly led birding groups there from time to time. And we would find some pretty interesting birds on the site. Uh, probably the most memorable was a bobwhite quail, which is pretty much disappearing from Newcastle County, except for like right along the immediate southern coast of the county uh, so that was kind of that was kind of interesting you've already described a little bit the brandywine river uh brandywine river sorry the christina river the christina river runs through it uh, what else is on that property just to kind of set the scene for us yeah uh and as you enter the property you go along a mill race which is basically like a ditch mm-hmm. where they uh, had dammed up the christina river the dam is still there close to 95, which is a little north of the property. And it's kind of, it just kind of looks like a ditch with a raised berm where water used to flow from behind the dam and down through the mill to run the mill and then down back into the Christina River. And there's also a pretty large meadow on the entrance driveway to it. And then you approach the mill and uh, it's a beautiful old historic mill that doesn't doesn't run any longer uh, it's not fixed up but the the infrastructure is there and um, it's really it's really neat to think about how it used to be sort of a bustling location for as a business I know there's a business next door that used to still be there um, might still be there selling pet food and stuff mm-hmm. and there's a helicopter pad right <laughs> next door that uh, that you, they frequently would be taken off in the helicopter and there he was a there's a tiny little shop that was a sewing shop many years ago and that's that's been closed up for a long time but i've been inside that little sewing shop it's kind of interesting really small and you know somebody had a little business a side business there so yeah Uh, and then if you walk out back there's another meadow along the christina river so it's like a floodplain meadow and then trees lining the Christina River itself. And river might be a strong 
term. It's more like a creek at that point. The Christina River, it's it's relatively small. It kind of, it's probably, it's definitely smaller than the Red Clay Creek at Ashland. Um, less flow at that point. So uh, the trees along the creek are pretty old and large. And um, as you go upstream, you reach a, a little farmette that has horses and stuff like that kind of low swampy areas which is where the beaver set up shop i think i think he was eventually evicted because he was flooding the pond it created ended up flooding a portion of the horse farm and i don't think they were too happy about that so i think i think the beaver was eventually evicted from the site but it was pretty interesting while it lasted um so that's the scene yeah who owned that land originally i guess it was the the cooch family but um I have a historic document, I believe, that we can that I can show you, yeah, that'd be and great. some old pictures. Mm-hmm. Not sure that's good for a podcast, no, but I'm, I'm <laughs> to see it. yeah. So, if Cooch owned it, who's they? That I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that historical part, I'm not not sure. Mm-hmm. What was it used like when it was still owned by the Cooch family? Well, when it was running, I think it ran up into the fifties, um, and they would they would mill products there, and people would go there and buy products uh, that were milled on site, or they would take uh, take things there to be milled from surrounding farms. So it would have been a spot where you could both buy stuff and have stuff milled. So you would pay to have your wheat or whatever milled? I believe so. The mill itself, I was always intrigued with, you know, just the, the nooks and crannies in it, the basement of it, um, the, the side buildings, are interesting, like the little sewing shop. The mill race is pretty interesting as well, just kind of envisioning, you know, what it would have looked like when the thing was running and having water flowing through the mill race from the the Christina River Dam upstream and down through the mill, running the mill, and then dumping back out, the water dumping back out and entering the, the Christina River again. That would have been something to see, I think. And it's a shame that, you know, it's neat that the, the property still exists as it is. Um, but I really would have liked to have gone back in time to see it running and kind of as like a bustling spot for activity like that. That would have been fascinating. Do you know when it was in operation? Like 18, 19? I'm not sure when it began. I believe that it closed up shop in the 50s or 60s because it just got outcompeted by other more modern mills. But it lasted pretty long. You know, that one, there's there's a few mills in Delaware like that. Abbott's Mill is one of them. Mm -hmm. And that one actually runs. They they can operate the mill. It's been restored. Um, Just for educational purposes and kind of demonstration purposes. It's not really, yeah, not really running it for like doing much milling, doing any milling commercially. But David just walked in, and I would say that, you know, he might have a little bit more insight on some of the education aspects of the program that we did and some more exact dates of when we started and finished and a little bit more detail on the relationship with Division of Historical Cultural Affairs. So how did you get started with Coach Davis? Uh, Delaware Nature Society was approached by the Department of Historical and Cultural Affairs about the possibility to use the property for education. Um, at the time, it had been 
part of it had been state owned for I think maybe ten years and um and just sitting there with mm-hmm. with no activity whatsoever. So they were just preserving it. Um, and actually, that's probably an overstatement because they weren't doing anything with it. It was kind of sitting there dilapidating. Um, but the the idea came out that we had already been operating programming at the Abbotts Mill Nature Center, and it, would there be anything we could do there? Um, so in 2006, we piloted a program called Weighing at the Mills that was designed to connect to the second grade science curriculum. Um, and I think we brought out about yeah, it was three or four trips, 200 or so kids, um, just to test the program. And the following year, it was 600 kids. And then the year after that, we were able, I think it was three years, um, work out a relationship with the Christina School District where every second grade student in the district came out um, for that wedding at the Mills program. So it, was, it involved um, station-based four different activities where the students were... Um, using models and recreating sort of how the mill would operate. So people bringing raw materials in, how they would be processed, and then they were um, using those math skills to you know, sort and order things based on weights and volumes. It was pretty cool. Um, and it involved a, a tour of the mill itself, the, the machinery that is still there, um, how that would work, and, and the process by which raw materials were converted to, to foodstuffs. Um, we did that program for maybe five years, and then the state uh, modified some of the academic curriculum that was being used, mm-hmm. and uh, the weighing at the mills, the balancing and weighing kit, the unit that they did in second grade, was eliminated. So the program that we had suddenly didn't meet the standards anymore, um, but we had a really good relationship with the Christina School District, so I went and met with their um, supervisor for science curriculum. And together we planned a new lesson and we came up with something to be done for third grade that involves um, more of the natural history of the property as well as the, the engineering behind how the mill would operate. So it's based on the, the water and water cycle unit. And um, we talk about how water was diverted from the Christina Creek through the mill, how it would turn the turbine. We had some other models and things that they would love to see how that would work. Um, and then we would talk about how water was important for people and important for wildlife. So it involved you know, touring the mill, involved understanding the, the engineering behind it, um, and then doing a, a vernal pool area. There's a, an intermittent stream that goes through to see what wildlife is there and what evidence we can find. And then we actually were able to walk the kids all the way out to the Christina, which is probably 50, 200 yards um, across the field to, to see what things were there so they could compare and contrast the different habitats, um, but ultimately house water used by people and by wildlife. And we did that program up until, this was 2018 was the last year that we, we fully did that program. And at that time, um, the state was in the process of expanding the land holding around the mill itself. So bringing the Cooch property into the fold and, and some of the other resources there. Uh, so there's reconfiguring a little bit um, how the property would be used in the future. Do you know who day it is? Yeah, so the, there's a relationship between the, the property itself and then the, the naming of the mill. So the Cooch family, um, one of the first ones to build a mill there, and then they partnered with the, the Diet family um, later. So Diet came in and, and was operating the mill, I believe. Um, so it was, it was named after the two operators or owners. 
And at that point, I think the Cooch family had largely stepped back from it, but Diet was operating it. Do you have anything that you want to add in? Um, it was it was exciting to use the property, so it was fun to be able to to explore a little bit of Delaware's history, the relationship between the the mill, the interior design, the fact that it was um, based on a system that was developed by a, a native of Newport, Delaware, in the 1700s, a guy named Oliver Evans, um, the way in which the, you're using pulleys and levers, like the traditional shoots and ladders game, like you can actually see how that would work throughout the space, which was really kind of neat. It was a neat space. Um, and unlike anything else, really, in northern Delaware, um, you've got Greenbank Mill to a degree, but um, but the Cooch Diet set was, it's the infrastructure that's there, the type of machinery, and the way that we could use it for interpretation was fun. That wraps up our coverage of the mill, but if you want to know more, you can always stop by the Nature Society's website at DelawareNatureSociety.org. Thanks for listening.